Hello, and welcome to G Talk and All That Jazz. This podcast is really the testimony of a friendship that spans over four decades. A friendship between two Black professionals that began in Harlem, New York in the mid-1970s. As young men, both learning from each other on how to navigate the sometimes formidable and unapologetic streets of Harlem, New York, both here and now, still standing with the wealth of transferable knowledge. As you join G and Jazz on their journey of reflection, listen. Listen closely for the true messages about friendship, morality, and brotherly love, because their trials and tribulations come at a cost. G and Jazz will share their thoughts and opinions on a variety of topics, from love and relationships to family and politics, and of course, friendship. Again, welcome to G Talking on That Jazz. Enjoy the journey. Oh, and buckle up. G, talking all that jazz, we back at it again. What's going yeah. on, Jazzy Matt? Yo, man, same old, same old, same old. What's going on with you, my brother? Same old, man. You know, trying to navigate these, these streets of New York, man. The weather's Absolutely. starting to get hot up here. Mm-hmm. How's it down there in Georgia, brother? Man, I walked outside today, man. I actually... I think I, I I melted a little bit. That's how hot it was down here. You know what I'm saying? It's hot. Folks is um out and about. We still are dealing with this pandemic. You know, we're still dealing with this this new variant that's floating around. So yeah. we still have to be ever vigilant and protect ourselves and protect the ones around us mostly, especially um the crew who's vaccinated. You know, who's yeah, fully man. vaccinated. Up here, man, it's crazy, bro. We're not mm-hmm. only worrying about the the pandemic, the clubs and stores, everything is open, but the gangs are wilding out up here in New York, bro. Wow. When I tell you, there was on TV today a guy shooting at another guy, point bang range, and the guy that was running from trying to get shot was trying to hide behind two small children on the streets of New York Coward. in broad daylight, bro. Coward. I saw I saw, I saw daylight. I, I saw something. So this is this is not um this is not just happened in isolated in New York City. This is a there's a spike all over the country with this increase with gun um violence. And I read something that made a lot of sense, man. I I felt like it resonated. It's a generational thing. He said those those uh, um you know, you know, thugs, unfortunately, who are using guns. And and with the gun violence, can't fight. Right. That's why they're shooting each other because they can't right. fight. Right. Absolutely. When we grew up, man, it was a fair one. And yeah, here's you, a, fought, you fought. And you lost or you won, but you went home. You, you know what I'm saying? Home. And not not only that, a couple of things happened. You fought, right? You won. And then more than likely, that person who you fought again. ended up being friends again. It was no yeah, revenge. Man. And drive by the cats is cowards, and and I know, I, you know, and that's the you know I, I you know because you know that I am a political scientist, right? So I have to tell the truth that that is a no, cowardly. I know that is a cow- weak. I know. I'm <laughs> you know Messiah. You know Messiah. <laughs> You know, but part of being a black political scientist, and I was well trained at the Howard University School of Political Science. HU. Right? HU. And um, HB, HBCU, um, born and bred, went to Bowie State University as well. So I got to give a shout out to Bowie State. 
um, university. And, and, you know, I'm obligated to tell the truth. I think it's, cow, it's cowardly behavior. Absolutely, man. I can, I can remember a story, man. You're going to remember this story. Mm -hmm. When we were kids, in the back of 1430, man, mm -hmm. there was a dude named Big Henry. Shout mm -hmm. out to Big Henry. Shout you know, Henry. and I remember, man, Big Henry, man, he would call, he would start snapping on you and whatever. And because he was so big, most people didn't snap back. You better not. And then one day, man, I decided, you know what? I'm going to snap back. You know, you're going to talk about my mom. I'm going you know, to say something back. And he said something, man. I said something back, man. Now Big Henry wanted to fight. Now Big Henry wasn't called Big Henry because he was little. He was Big Henry because he was bigger than everybody else, man. That's, That's right. a simple thing. That's right. Man, me and Big Henry put our hands up, man. And Big Henry beat me up that day, man. When I tell you, man, he beat me up that day. And I remember, <laughs> man, walking up the back stairs of 1430 all the way up to the 10th floor. <laughs> it was the middle of the summertime. I didn't come outside for the entire week. I stayed upstairs <laughs> after that book with me for a week. I come back downstairs, man. A week later, man, Saturday, too hot to be in the house, man. I run into Big Henry. You know what he says? What's that? Yo, G, where you been, man? Where you like, been? Where you been? Where you been? And in my head, I'm like, dude, you just beat me up last week. And now you acting like you my boy. We friends again. But we went right back to being friends. Friends again. It wasn't no animosity. It, was that, it wasn't was like, that, that yeah, was, we that, fought, it was over and done. And that was the end of it. I had I had a nemesis at, at, as well, growing up in Manhattanville, Todd Wilson. God bless the dead, man. Yeah. You know, me and Todd must have had several fights, man, which led into a bigger issue. But just for me and him, fundamentally, from elementary school to junior high, we fought a few times. And we stay friends, and yeah, man. you know it, it, it happens. These these cats now, um, someone look look at them the wrong way, or or uh, um, step on a step sneaker, on or you know um, why you why you on my why you on my block why you yeah. on my block my block why you on my block you why you on my block and and you don't own no part of parts of that block like. You know, and so it's it's a phenomenon that we're dealing with. So it's you know, it has you know, we could talk about that all day, but you know, we have to at some point, man. We have to wake up. We as a community have to wake up, man. Yeah, we have People. to. We have to somehow. We have to find and we have to start being accountable for our actions. Actually, you know, we, you wanna, we all shout now. Oh, police brutality! Oh, the police is doing this and the police is doing that. But you know what? We doing it to ourselves too. Yeah. I'm not justifying what police do. However, however, we are here taking our guns, shooting during broad daylight. Man, there's another but, um, another murder in Queens or Brooklyn with, over a parking spot. Somebody took somebody parking spot, and the guy comes back to the guy's residence and shoot through his door and shot and killed the ten year old little boy. Okay, but 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 G, we have to keep it in context as well, right? So historically, news have always um, uh, um, portrayed more violence in black communities. White people are killing white people too, all day, every day. Listen, and and it never makes the news. So so let's keep it let's keep it in you know in in perspective as well. But that that still doesn't take away it still doesn't take away from this problem that we're dealing exactly. with with this gun culture, you know, exactly. Americans, 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 black, white, 
uh, purple, red, Pacific Islanders, uh, Native Americans or Native Indians. Uh, we have a, we are, we love our guns, man. We love our guns and we throw that, right. we throw up the, the second amendment in a heartbeat. I do it at times too. And I'm, I'm very liberal guy, but when it comes to, you know, guns and gun ownership, I can be just, I can be the most conservative person, conservative thinking person. Because well, I want to say this, man. Yeah. In countries like Canada, Switzerland, these guys have gun control, and you know what? It's not a gun culture. Yeah, but we have a is. gun culture. Yeah, we, we do. Yeah. But we also have a killing culture here too. You know, um, I just I get yeah. it. I understand your the bill about. Let me just finish. No, no, no. I'm Over there, mm -hmm. this year they probably had maybe a hundred murders mm -hmm. in both of those countries combined. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, look at the numbers of how many people got murdered by guns oh my God. in the United States this year. Right. And the, the numbers is, is ridiculous. Right. I don't know what they doing over there, but I think it starts with some type of gun control. I don't think, I, I'm okay with you want to protect yourself and so on and so forth, protect your family. But do you need an M16 assault rifle? Do you need that? Do we need, mm -hmm. do we need to have M16s to protect ourselves and go hunting? Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. come on, man. I mean, we're getting out of control with it. And now, you know, why can't we wait five days to do a background check? These guns are now being sold to legal people who are selling to illegal people who are bringing it into the cities that where I live at, mm -hmm. where my children go to school at, mm -hmm. where my children go to the supermarket at, mm -hmm. and they're killing them. And innocent bystanders are being killed because there's no control on these guns that are being traveled from the south up here. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That's that. No, that, that's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. Well, without a doubt, it's a fair assessment. But you gotta understand, man. You have to look at the United States of America as a system, right? So look, think about your own systems in your body. You think about your respiratory system, your digestive system. You think about, you know, your circulatory system. So the United States system. The United States system is this, is it's built on a document. And yeah. part of that document is about civil liberties. You know, don't, don't take, or it's our protections against the government. These are our civil liberties. And those are embedded in the initial 10 amendments, right? The Bill of Rights. Don't, don't, don't tread on me, right? Don't tread on me. Limited government. And so that's what this system is about. And it's built on other things too. It's built on imperialism, it's built on slavery, it's, but we're not talking about that. Yeah, I, what, I wanna, what, I, what I wanna say to you and, and try to articulate is that this is part of the system. So let's say your digestive system. If you were to go and introduce, let's say a bag of pellets, your system will reject it. It will throw it out, it will throw it up, it will get rid of it. Guns is a part of our system. It's part of, it's part of America. It's the second amendment. The first amendment is all our freedoms. And then our second amendment is our right to protect those freedoms. So our founding fathers, it was very important to them that no other government will be tyrannical towards them because we have a right to protect ourselves. And people have taken that interpretation 
right, from the initial founding fathers and morphed it into anything that if you go against my assault rifle, you go against my bump stock, you go against anything that has to do with my gun, it ties back to the original thought of our founding fathers, which makes no sense. So that's the point yeah. I'm trying to make, man. And I get that. You know, you talked about the documents that we reside on. Also, the document also said that black men, you and I, are three fifths of a person. Yeah, right. I, mean, I said that's I said they had some other things. I said they yep, had some other yep. things. I mean, I'm just well. saying, the Second Amendment reason for a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, mm -hmm. the right of people to keep and bear arms mm -hmm. to not be infringed. Now, mm -hmm. the word militia is in that, mm -hmm. uh, uh, inside, inside that Second Amendment. We know, we always seem to skip around, you know, the right to right to the, I have the right to bear arms. But yeah. there's some other wording that goes into that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But at the <laughs> end of the day, but at the end of the day, G, I think it's fundamentally about don't tread on me. Don't tread on me. You know, every time I, I talk about- we on steroids with it though. We had a point, man. I, I get it. I understand. Mm -hmm. Don't tread on me. But when you got people out there that are taking other people's lives without even a second thought, I have an issue with that because that person could be a member of your family, could be a member of my family, and we can be innocent bystanders. Absolutely. I'm saying you don't need to have an assault rifle. You don't need. I think that you know if you're a legal person and you want to do the right thing, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have a problem waiting for a five-day background check in order before I sell you a gun. So, so I G, really believe that. So, G, um, the, the movie, um, oh, man, what's the movie we love? Uh, 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 when he went after the he went after the Chicago mob, Elliot Ness. Is that the Elliot Ness movie? What's the movie we love uh, with? Um, it's called The Untouchables. The Untouchables. Remember he said, what are you prepared to do? Remember he used to always say that? What yes, are you prepared to do? Sean he Connery. said, he, Sean Connery, right? His, his character, he said, what are you prepared to do? He said, they pull out a gun. No, they pull out a knife. You pull out a gun. gun. Let me tell you something, my friend. I love you to death. If somebody walks into this, my house, they're going to have a problem because it's not going to be a knife. It's going to be a gun. <laughs> and I have multiple magazines and I have bullets stationed everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I have a second weapon hidden in the right place, just in case, like I catch one and I got to crawl to it. I'm gonna go protect my house, man. Yeah, I'm not saying, and there's nothing wrong with that, Jazz. I'm never gonna tell you not to protect yourself. I'm talking about those criminals who are getting access to our guns. Yeah, yeah. I was just being That's facetious, man. We, we, it is a problem because we're living in a gun culture, man, and it is totally out of control. And believe it or not, we as Americans, and we are Americans, man. We as Americans um, should understand that our Congress, our legislators are handcuffed because they are in, they are being bought and sold by these, these gun companies, these gun interests, the NRA. And so I don't care when, no matter how severe each mass shooting occurs, nothing's ha nothing happens. When the children got killed in Connecticut, when that didn't change the hearts and minds of our legislators, I knew nothing else would. Pulse, Pulse nightclub, when all those folks down there vulnerable killed in the club, um, yeah. going to, to, to the concert, to the movies, to, to, to get something from, eat from the grocery store, 
to get a massage. We can't, we're vulnerable everywhere, man. We're vulnerable. These are these soft targets um, and, and people are vulnerable everywhere. I, I, I go to the gym. I, I go to and work out at the gym. I'm not going to mention the gym, but I work out at the gym. And the entire time I'm looking at the door because I'm, because that has not, and I'm not, hopefully I'm, hopefully I'm not influencing anyone with my comments, but it, we haven't had like an incident at a gym. I may, you know, we had some shootouts near gyms. And so I fear that. That's my, that's my fear. We live in a, we, we live in this gun culture, man. It has created an element of fear, ter- yeah. terror, terror. Yeah. And we I have to, and we cannot, when they set up the movie theater. Yeah, yeah and we cannot, we cannot wait for our legislators to do it. They are not going to do it. And I know that's the only way it's going to happen through policy. I can hear Dr. Sharice Nelson in my ear right now. Then when it has to happen through policy, yeah, I know, Sharice, I know, I know, I know. But they're not going to do anything about it, man, because they have been bought and sold, man. They have been compromised totally, man. And it's sad, bro. It's sad, man. It is. I worry and pray for our children, bro. Mm-hmm. No pray doubt, man. My grandchild, you know. No doubt. No doubt, They don't man. experience that, you know, in their lifetime. No doubt, man. So what's new, bro? So uh, Ain't nothing, I, wanna, man. I, wanna, I know I wanna, we haven't wanna, been wanna, on in a minute. I know, man. I got a new segment, man. I want to introduce to the show. Absolutely, man. Let me introduce you, bro. Let me introduce okay. you. Okay. <laughs> we have a new segment that we've been talking about for the past two weeks. And now it's here. It's called the G Spot. And it's where anything goes. We're going to have some adult conversation from two. 50 plus grown men who know themselves, who have been around the block um, a few times probably. And we are comfortable with who we are. And it's not necessarily about advice. This is our opinion. All right, so right now, we're gonna start the G spot. And everything go, and everything go, and everything go. This is for the ladies and gents, the ladies and gents, the ladies and gents, the sisters and bros, sisters and bros. We're speaking your mind is okay. Only if you're with it. Only if you're with it. But only 25 and older. Conversation. Touching you in places you may not say out loud. But the same space, same space, same space. We're touching you there, touching you there, touch is allowed. We are pure thoughts are in And the time is the time make it tense. Just bear in mind, just bear in mind, just bear in mind. When you're at the G spot, G spot, G spot, even misunderstandings. So whatever the convo is. And like it or not, and like it or not, like it or not, everything you have and want gets touched at the G spot. So welcome, welcome, welcome to that new segment, the G spot. I gotta give a shout out to my man J Bob, the wise son, who put that together for me, man. Um, he's a lyricist, man. He's a he's a wordsmith, and um, uh, using the soundtrack of Liquid Love. Liquid love. Anyway, you don't own the rights to the music, but you don't own the love. rights to this music. Um, so I wanted to put that out there. But we thought it would be a nice little touch to add to the show. Um, so my topic today is going to be um, 
why do men cheat? Mm. Ooh, yeah. My God. So, you know, I get I get asked that question quite often. That's right. um, I got a call today, you know, from a good, good, good friend of mine. You know, who's in a relationship, you know, dating and whatever. And and uh, she's just like, you know, like when when you know when men cheat, they expect you to forgive them, you know, all the time. And and as women, we always seem to be the first one to forgive. But if we do it, it's over. It's a wrap. It's yeah. the unforgiving. And he wanted to know, like, why? Why are men like that? Mm. So, you know, before I give my opinion, I'm going I'm to ask my, my partner in crime to give his two cents. So, Jazz, what, what do you think it is? What, what's your opinion? On and what is the question? <laughs> the question is, why do men cheat? Why do men cheat? Men cheat, and I've, and I've cheated before in my life. I've cheated multiple times. So why do we cheat? Um, part of it is, is it is a behavior. And part is it, it's a behavior. Is it a learned um, behavior? It could be a learned behavior. I mean, it could be learned from, you know, the, you know, the people who are close to you, you see your family members participate in that activity. So it could be something that you were socialized to. Um, we see it in our um, society in terms of uh, having a patriotic society where men are the figureheads, we're the dominant figure. And so if you, if you think about, th theoretically, if you think about dominance and when one group wants to dominate another group, this is what, this is what happens, right? So we're in a dominant position. Um, I think that it has a lot to do with that rush of excitement that happens, you know, when you cheat. It's like um, you're doing everything um, to cover up this lie. And it's almost like the movie True Lies. So in True Lies with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and I forget the other, the other woman name, I can't remember, Douglas. I can't remember her, her name right now. But you know, in, in her reality, her husband was a salesman, you know? And Curtis Lee, Curtis, Curtis Lee, I can't think of her name right now, but Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold Schwarzenegger, True Lies. He was a, a she thought that he was a salesman and he'd get up, he'd put his, his suit on and he act like, you know, his salesman. But when he walked out the house, he was this secret, sexy, super, uh, uh, secret agent working for this clandestine agency that, that did all of this, you know, intelligence all over the world. She had no clue. So it was a true lie. She was living a true lie. And so I think many times when people cheat, they're living a true lie. They're living this double life. To one- well, I'm gonna I'm tell you, this is, and this is strictly my opinion. Right. Men, you know, cheat because either they're not totally satisfied in the current relationship they're in because they have the opportunity to do it, you know, you know, just, you know, just in general, if they have the opportunity to do it. And I'm one of this, you know, um, preferences, not all men cheat. Absolutely. I'm gonna say that, not all men cheat, but I'm gonna say for the men who do, they either get bored in their relationship, you know, cause sometimes you get in a relationship and you have children and then now, and I'm not, and it's not no indictment. This is my boy Jazz's favorite word. Mm -hmm. No indictment on the women who just had 
the children and so on and so forth. Right, right. But what happens is men get tired, they get bored, they're looking for something different. You know, you know, when you met that man, you know, you wearing the sexy outfits, you wearing the sexy lingerie, you wearing the sexy teddies to bed. Now you throwing a thing on your head. I don't know what women call it. The bonnet. The bonnet. You throwing mm-hmm. your bonnet on. You putting on your grandma drawers, underwear. You putting on your pajamas, your baggy pajamas. And you know, you like turn over and going to bed. And I get it. Some women, you're working two jobs. You're coming home, you're cooking, you're cleaning. You know, you're doing all these things. You're taking care of the children, so on and so forth. You got to pay bills and what have you. And you know what? Your real men will totally understand that. And they will, but there's some chick out there who don't have a child to go home to. Her child is grown, right? Right. She's wearing sexy outfits every day, all day. Mm-hmm. And when she, when he gets over there, she becomes his piece. He's going to sit down and be attentive to him. She's going to ask him about his day, how his day went, you know, how's work, who's that loud mouth on your job, how's that loud mouth on your job that was getting on your nerve and she's going to want you to, you know, hear about that. And then what she's going to do, she's going to cook for you, she's going to feed you, and she's going to take you in the room and she's going to do all types of sexy, nasty things to you. Wow. Yes. Wow. When you get home, your wife or your significant other is going to remind you that the credit card bill didn't get paid this month. She's going to remind you, little Joey, you know, acting up in school, and now we got to go to parents' teachers' night, you know, next Thursday because he's going to get suspended. She ain't asking you about work, and she ain't asking you about this, that, and the third. She got problems. She got issues going on, and guess what? She ain't in no mood to have no sex with you. And you know what? She's going to let you walk out the house full, meaning you ain't come. Excuse the expression. I'm sorry. I'm just going to be keep it real with you. You know, she ain't going to, you know, even when, and then she get mad at you, you're going to want to have sex. She ain't going to have sex with you. Oh, no, no, no. But now when you walk out that house, that opportunity swing past you, and you have an opportunity to do it. I'm not saying it's right. But jump on it. I, I disagree with you. you still, I disagree with you somewhat. Somewhat I disagree okay. with you. Is that somewhat, right? Somewhat I disagree with you. Because it sounds it sounds a little bit like we blame in the woman. When this has I nothing said, to do I said I said in the beginning, no indictment on a woman. I'm right. just telling you my opinion. Right. But mm-hmm. but we are talking about we are talking about why men cheat. We didn't say not mm-hmm. why women cheat. Right. So we can't blame the victim because if you're cheating, then the woman is the victim. She's the victim. We can never, under any circumstance, ever blame the victim in any circumstance, right? So, so when it comes to when it comes to that perspective, I kind of I, I kind of disagree with you. I think it, I think that for men and and for women, I think that especially when you if you're in a married situation. And you're in a long-term situation. And sometimes it's difficult because you are just dealing with life every day. You're dealing with the, the, the details and, you know, what happens on a daily basis. And, yes, yeah, sometimes life is about paying bills. Sometimes life is about, you know, going to the parent-teacher conference. Sometimes life is about just, you know, 
some of the mundane things of life that can happen, right? So I think it's up to both the men, the man and the woman in the relationship or the two partners in the relationship to keep the fire going. And I think that oh, that's, I think no, that no, no, that's- no. You missed my point. You, you totally missed right. my point. So this is, this is, this is, this is, this is why, you know, you know, and like I said, I said earlier, you know, I confess I'm not, I'm not perfect walking around here. I've cheated before, I cheated multiple times. And for men, for men, I just think that it is a behavior. Because in actuality, G, and I don't want to be vulgar or I don't want to, you know, offend anyone. I mean, we, we are in the position to make our woman any woman we want her to be. You know, I've been, I've been in an active, I've, I've been in an active relationship with Halle Berry for at least about seven years. Not true. <laughs> you, let me tell you something. That man. was let me funny. Say that. Gee, that was I, funny. No, that wasn't funny. That, that was, that was funny. not. That, that, that was not funny whatsoever. It tickled me. I, I, let that me just was say funny. This to you. you can't make someone who they're not. Some women have just a natural freakiness about them, right? Some of them have that a natural nastiness, so they like it. Okay, let me ask you a question okay. about that. No, really let me quick. finish. Let okay. me finish. Right? Okay. They have a natural tool that they love doing it. And then there's some women who won't. There's some women man, who just, they'll just give you um, top, for lack of a better word, yeah, yeah. just because they're trying to satisfy you and they want to do it and they want to get rid of it. And you go, as you and an experienced man, you're going to know you can't make your woman, you know, a woman that's not naturally sexual, whatever, to be sexual. Okay. You got to know what to you know, know your package. You got to understand that. If you don't have that in, your, in that woman and that's what you need, you shouldn't be with that woman. I'm just going right. to be straight and honest with you. Right. You shouldn't even be with that woman. Right. You know, so, so let me do that. So, you want so, to be. Right. So, so um, we're both on the same age, right? Right. How old are you? You're 11, months. You're, you're 11 months older than me. I'm 11 months older than you. So I'm, I'm 55, yeah. double nickel, right? So you'll be 55, I'll be 56 this year, right? All right, we're getting older, right? So um, can you please name one woman that you ever been with that wasn't freaky? Give me yes. one. You can no. name one. I can. I can name several. You can name several? Name so you yes. know what I say to you? You know what I say to you? Shame on you. No, I mean, but you don't know I that. Say shame. I say yeah, shame on you. you. You didn't bring when it you out. Need a woman, it's not written on their heads. You didn't bring when it you out. Meet a woman, listen to me. When you meet a woman, it's not written on their head. So you meet them first thing. The first time you meet you meet a woman, it's a visual thing. You of see course, somebody, you're attracted to them. I'm attracted to them, whatever. And then the next thing is the conversation. You communicate, you still have a conversation, this and the third. And see if there's, chemi see if there's chemistry. You start finding out, yeah, then you start finding out whether or not you have chemistry or not. And then you start getting into the nuts and bolts and the, the meat and the potatoes of what this woman is about. And that's when you discover whether or not she has those tendencies or not. You know, so I've been, not so, so I've, I think I've been doing things a little backwards. <laughs> and that's possible. I think that I've been doing things a little backwards <laughs> because I really, because I really don't want to know your favorite color. I really don't want to know. I'm being facetious, man. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. <sighs> but my my thing is, you don't know right off, you know, and then 
And then sometimes you hit the jackpot. You look on the outside and you be like, oh man, she's a good girl and da 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 and blah blah blah. And you get to know them and you and then they, they get to trust you. Cause that's the other part is a woman has to trust you to be vulnerable to you, right? To open up and let you see who she really is. So the cause and effect. So, so what you're saying, the cause and effect, if some of those things that you just spoke about is if they don't, if they're not present or present to um, your satisfaction, then those become some of the root causes why men may cheat. Right. Okay. And, and that's all I'm saying is that okay. if a man is used to having a certain kind of sex and what have you, and he's not getting it at home, he's going to find it. Okay. So, but the man, premise, wait a minute. So what, if a man is coming home and you're not his peace, he's going to find peace someplace else. And I'm not saying it happens with women too. Right. But we're talking about the, the subject we're talking about is why men cheat. Okay. Men cheat for various reasons. And when I said was when they got a, the stress of bills and then PTA and lack of sex and you wearing your bonnet and your pajamas all the time and you always arguing and fussing with them and whatever, that will give a man an opportunity to go out and find peace and go and cheat. That's what I'm saying. It happens. You may not be, it may not be you. That may not be your thing, but I guarantee you, if we interview 10 or 15 guys that are struggling at home and going through their stuff and whatever, and this and the third, and some beautiful woman comes along and they like, yo, just come and I, no strings attached. Just come see me, spend some time with me, quality time with me, and I'm a boom, boom, boom. They will jump on it. I'll guarantee you seven out of 10 men will do that. That's a high number. 70% of the men Absolutely, would jump on that. They we, will. We, we we should we should send a poll out there to our Facebook group and see how they respond. We can we yep. can we Make should it do that and see, and see yep. how that responds to you. Yep. You know, to to that mm -hmm. particular that particular question. I don't know, man. It's, it's 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 um it's, it's really you know it's very um complex in terms of because we do we we know men that who don't cheat at all. Right. Who have never cheated. Yeah. Right. We know, we know guys like that. So we yep. can't generalize. And I really oh, hate no, women. No, I hate, I'm, and I'm, I really, I'm, no, no, I just, just I just really, I know, but I hate, I really sometimes, it, I don't hate. It, it bothers me sometimes when I hear women say all oh, men cheat because that's not true. Nothing is that all is definitely in not true. That is definitely not true. I know some stand up men. You know, and I'm not saying because you cheat, you're not a stand-up man, but you're not a stand-up man if you're in a committed relationship and you're doing that. And it does happen. Right. And I'm not here, I'm not, I'm not absence of my flaws. So we oh, no, 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 know, you know, no, so, about, so, so, so I'm not, not so, not so what I'm saying, I'm not trying to be self-righteous and um, be hypocritical with, with That's my That's not thoughts. what the G-spot is about, baby. It's not I know. what the G-spot is about. I know, but I'm just- G-spot is about my opinion on this particular topic, I know. I know. Example, in your twenties, when you when you when you young and whatever, you call yourself being in a committed relationship, so on and so forth, and whatever. But you're too damn young to be in some damn committed relationship in your damn twenties. You should be dating all types of women and women. You should be dating all types of men. I'm not saying sleep with all kinds of men. I'm saying you should be dating all types of different kinds of men, so that when you do get older, you know what you want. You know, so we, we we all was in our relationship, you know, had girlfriends at 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. Who, be, who was committed at that age? Mm -hmm. Who was in a relationship at that age? Mm -hmm. Even in your 20s, 
It's, wasn't, it's not until you really still get old to understand who you are. Most women don't even know how to orgasm until they get older. Okay. Women know how to have an orgasm when they get older. As you learn, it's a learned thing. And being committed is something that you learn to do. That's Absolutely. what I'm saying. I mean, you, you, it's, socializa- it's socialization. You see, your, you see your parents, you have two parents who were married for 30, 40 years. And so you think that, you know, this is what relationships are about. You know, so it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's very complex, man. It's very complex. Yeah. You know, it's not cut and dry to answer your question, G, in terms of why, why men cheese. Very oh, no, no, no. What I did complex. was gave my simple opinion. I had a question. All I was doing is giving my opinion. On and this is your spot. This is your spot, this baby. This is my spot. This is the G, the G spot. spot and it's all about the liquid love. Liquid love. <laughs> so anyway, this concludes our uh, talk for tonight. G talking all that jazz. No doubt. I'm G. Yo, and I'm Jazz. And this is G talking all that jazz. And we're out. Peace.